Hey, let's go answer the bell, huh? If we just know what we're doing, work at it, and concentrate and do it. Let's go, fellas! Welcome into another episode of the Patriots Podcast. I'm Sean here with Ryan and JJ. Hello. What's up? Hello. We are here to wrap up the 2021 season, go over Super Bowl 55, and nothing else has really changed. Tom Brady comes out on top once again, as he does in every aspect of life. Uh, James, you and I have been doing this podcast for like six years, and Tom Brady has now won four Super Bowls in that span. (laughs) <laughs> this Tom effing Brady, huh? First time in a different colored uniform, but uh, what 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 are your feelings on watching Tom Brady raise his seventh Lombardi Trophy? I mean, I was cheering like it was a Patriots game. To be honest, I was super into the game. It's it's kind of funny to me that Brady finally. I mean, all six of his Super Bowls have been such close games for the most part. Uh, huge nail biters, especially this decade. It's been, you know, the Rams, they had a slight lead, but the other two games, yeah, huge comebacks. And this one, Brady finally just got the lob up, you know, the kind of a blowout. Surprisingly, Tampa Bay started good. They they kept going and scoring points all the way uh, through the third quarter. And the Chiefs, man, here, you know, another one, Brady, Brady has another one, you know, another repeat up-and-coming quarterback are going for a repeat brady just owns them 31 to 9 i mean pat mahomes couldn't do anything so huge huge uh shout out to bucks d too because they killed mahomes but brady is i mean it's seven it's a, it's kind of a joke seven out of ten Tom it's amazing brady, as we know is what are you gonna no, say? Isn't i mean young, but it's he's a joke young. it's a joke he's beaten michael jordan for most championships in the modern era in yeah. the modern era, crazy. Yeah. It's it's What's remarkable. Modern. I mean, what what were you thinking? Watch, watching that play out, Ryan, when you get into that situation where it's halftime and they're up 21 to 6, you're like, oh, my goodness. Is this well, it's kind of, yeah, it feels like uncharted territory. I feel like Brady historically has been, it's been really close games. And it's been either he's losing at halftime and I think a couple times getting blown out. Um, and he's managed to come back, but. You know, just as far as half, I think it was twenty-one to six at halftime, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think you're feeling pretty good, especially the way they were kind of keeping the big play in front of them uh, when Tampa was on defense. They didn't allow the kind of fifty, sixty-yard bombs to Tyreek Hill, um, the forty-yard, thirty, forty-yard plays to Kelsey. They were, I think, they were playing a lot of cover four. They were. They were shading Tyreek Hill, and that's that's the book on Kansas City. If you can keep them out of the big plays, then you have a legitimate chance to beat them. And they were getting a lot of pressure with just their front four. Uh, their linebackers can cover. I don't know if there's a better trio of linebackers in the NFL than, than the Bucks have. But it's uh, – and on the other side of the ball, Tom Brady and all those weapons, Gronk came through in a major way. When you – get a big lead like that they did what you're supposed to do they ran the ball a lot and um yeah impressive performance probably the best we've seen against kansas city all year oh yeah definitely and um crazy stuff when i was watching this game i was just thinking i guess at the at the end point when you the you power sit there of imaginations the buccaneers score 31 points and you're like 
if you if you went into this game and you said the Bucks are going to score thirty one points, you'd be like, they might win, they might lose. I don't know. They, I'd probably say they lost. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I mean, <laughs> and then for the Buccaneers defense to only give up nine points. I mean, the the Chiefs got to the red zone three times and came away with goose egg points in those possessions. Yeah, that the defense totally won this game, and they did it exactly as you said. You mentioned cover four. A lot of cover two. Both of those have two deep safeties split in the, split in the field. Uh, cover four has the cornerbacks helping along the sideline. And Todd Bowles known for a blitz type defense. He's Spagnola is known for kind of uh, intricate pressures. Bowles is yeah. known for sending people. And in this game, he blitzed on less than ten percent of defensive snaps. He had two deep safeties and over eighty five percent of defensive yeah. snaps. They just got home with the the front four. Over and yeah. over and over again, Mahomes yeah. was running for his life. He set the record. It's one of those awesome stats that comes out with the chips and the shoulder pads where he ran around for 497 yeah. yards Oof, trying to it's buy absurd. time to throw. Those were on passes, never mind his runs. He's He was just running for his life out there. It's the highest number that's ever, that's been recorded in five years. And coincidentally... The second highest number was Patrick Mahomes this season against the Raiders in a game where the Raiders won that game in Kansas City, and Mahomes was running all over the place. Max Crosby had a great game, defensive front, Cleland, Farrell, oh, yeah. everything. Uh, so it's like that's that's how you are able to beat the Chiefs is by keeping coverage, yeah. getting pressure, and making them run around. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's... we've been saying it for uh, all all. All season, the Chiefs, how do you beat them? Well, someone's got to cover Tyreek and someone has got to cover Kelsey, right? I mean, we've said it a million times. And finally, they just put, like you said, two deep safeties. One took Tyreek Hill every time. And the other one kind of just float around and they'd get Kelsey. Kelsey actually statistically had a big game, but it wasn't enough. You know, he had 133 yards on 10 receptions, but it was all underneath. It was all in long, like third and long situations where he didn't get the first down. I mean... It was kind of a joke how quickly they zapped the, the Chiefs' offense. It's like no one could do it, and all of a sudden, boom, someone figured it out. You yeah. know? And it's not like, yeah, I, I like what you said about um, Tampa not blitzing a lot. They were able to get a lot of pressure with just their front four, and that's the that's the best way to beat any great quarterback is send as few guys as you possibly can, and if you can get pressure with that, great. You know, oh, yeah. um, we talked about last week how the safeties – we're coming back for Tampa Bay, uh, Winfield, and Whitehead. I thought that was huge. Vita Vea back is really another was. great player. Uh, Vita Vea just eats up guys. And when you send a guy like Shaq Barrett off the edge or, or Sue, all these guys, Pierre Paul had a good game, that frees up so much. It allows you to do so much more with your defense. Shaq Barrett had four QB hits. Um, and, was... and I don't want to take too much away from Mahomes because even with all that pressure, he was doing. He was performing miracles to get the ball out and and get the ball. They were actually getting to the receiver. Just guys weren't catching it. Yeah, guys were like so shocked, bouncing off their hands. That one in the uh, was a Pringle in the end zone. Uh, is the most noticeable. The thing in the you know big story about it too with the the Chiefs offense is you know those other receivers, the Sammy Watkins, uh, Robinson, Nicole Hardman. They did nothing, and I feel like earlier in the season when someone would kind of get Hill in check, uh, those guys, especially Watkins, would you know have a good possession receiver game, and we just didn't see that happen. Robin, and, yep. You know, and Tom Brady on the other side just have a, it, you know, 
doing what he has to do to get it done. They rushed the ball really well. Kansas City just, you know, Edwards Hilaire, they started running him in the end, near the end of the game. Nine carries, 64 yards. It seems like they allowed, without running the ball at all, they allowed um, that front seven to just get upfield, keep getting upfield. They probably have the most dominant front seven in the league. Yeah, I mean, it def- looked yeah. like it, you know. Definitely looked that way. Yeah, this was a, a total coaching victory for the Buccaneers. We mentioned what Todd Bowles did on, on defense, and I'd like to talk about him a little bit more later. But offensively, they went against tendency, Tampa did, where I've been complaining on this podcast all season that Tampa just, they run the ball on first down, right up the middle, they get two yards, and before you know it, it's third and eight on like every series. And it's just, hey, yeah. Brady, can you can you convert third and long? like four times just to get us down the field into the field goal range. They went against that. They were doing a lot of play action on first down. They came out passing the ball in the first half and did classic West Coast scheme, running the ball more in the second half. Fournette had a really good second half. I think Kansas City and the Buccaneers defense was just just begging the Chiefs to run the ball. They're like, go ahead, go ahead. You want to get – are you patient enough to get six yards a clip? And they weren't. And they, they should weren't. have been. Yep. And this, uh, Fantastic. Yep. This this game really in the middle eight. I hear uh, you hear people talk about this all the time, where it's the last four minutes of the first half, first four minutes of the second half, and everything was lining up perfectly for the Chiefs to own the middle eight here, where they they kick the ball to start the game. Brady, I thought I thought that was good for the Buccaneers because I thought they needed to play from ahead. They go three and out twice in a row. It was like, oh god, this is a nightmare. Classic yeah. Brady in the first quarter. They put it together, wind up with two touchdowns. We can talk about Gronk later, but they get this 14-3 to lead. The Chiefs have the ball with like three or four minutes to go in the first half. They go down, are in position to score a touchdown. They don't. They wind up kicking a field goal. Then they, they kick off back to the Bucks. You guys remember this possession. Bucks had it with like a minute left in the first half, and mm-hmm. they start running it. They're just like, screw it. We'll go to halftime, up eight points, and you guys – can have the ball to start the second half. The Chiefs are not satisfied with that. Andy Reid brings out his whistle again. Classic time management. Andy Reid calls two timeouts, gives them a chance. They go down, score a touchdown. So they, instead of just taking the plus three in the first half, they go down minus four after that touchdown. They receive in the second half, the Chiefs do, and they go down and wind up with only a field goal. And now it's, oh, shoot. We thought we were going to get two scores to their none in the middle eight. Instead, the Buccaneers outscored them during that period, and that was the end of the game. Two touchdowns to, to a field goal there. Also, on that drive, right as the half was closing, three absolutely massive penalties. One was like a, a 35-yard uh pass interference on Mike Evans. Yeah, I, felt it was, I felt it was questionable. It looked like incidental contact. But after that, Tyron Mathieu just loses his mind. Um, pass interference and then um, an yeah, really. like conduct. I, I don't know what the hell he was thinking. That's your veteran guy. He's supposed to be the leader of your team, and he's, you know, he's absolutely costing you. Um, you know, Kansas yeah, City he... gets the ball and, and gets a field goal, and then Fournette starts running for the for uh, Tampa, and that's a fourteen to three swing there. Yeah, I mean, the refs did. It seemed a little bit one-sided. Now, obviously, you can't really see what the cornerbacks are doing on the other side for Tampa, but they definitely called a few pass interference calls. I was surprised they made a few of them. The trip ended up being a big one. I don't know. I mean, the guy did some of the plays. Kansas City was just morons, like you said. I mean, there were guys 
that were making dumb ass mistakes out there. Uh, and Matthew, like you said, he kind of just <laughs> lost his mind out there and uh, freaked out and screwed, said something to Brady. So Brady ran back out and yelled at him, which you don't really see too often. I mean, Brady talks shit, but usually the guys keep it at the line. So pretty, pretty insane there. And then once it seemed kind of like once the Chiefs didn't really do much with their, uh, they didn't score in the third quarter in the opening five minutes of the third quarter. I was like, all right, you know what? They can't. They didn't figure this out. If they were going to figure it out, they you would have seen it in that first drive of the third quarter. Really, first couple drives of the third quarter that they got something going on. They made the adjustments they needed to go against uh, the Tampa's defense, and they, they they didn't do it. And they Tampa scored another 10, and the game was over. It was it was a yeah. meaningless fourth quarter, you know? It's like, it when is like... the last time the fourth quarter was 0-0? Brady, did, Brady didn't need to score, and the Chiefs couldn't score. It felt like Kansas City panicked a little bit early. Oh, yeah, really um, early. And once, once the deep threat was kind of taken away, they didn't really know how to react or take anything small after that. And they, even right after that 14-3 to swing, the very next series, Mahomes throws a deep pass to the right, and he's intercepted by Winfield, and Winfield flashes the uh, the peace signs to uh, yeah, Tyree Kill. Yeah. And next thing you know, the, the Buccaneers have another field goal. So it just felt like they were trying to force it, and they didn't need to. Um, There's plenty yeah. of time. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of time. They, they totally panicked, and and uh, you know they've they've dug themselves out of a lot of deep holes this whole season. Really, for the last like two months of the season, they did it consistently. Yep. Even going back to last year's playoffs, I mean, every single game it seemed like they were coming down from multiple coming back from multiple scores down. Uh, didn't have enough this time. A lot's been made offensive line that is totally valid. We said it. It was the the like the number one X factor going into the game, and. Yeah. That's the strength of the Buccaneers' defense, the front seven, uh, specifically those those front four rushers that they're able to throw out there against people, and they totally dominated the game. And and props to them for having the gas at the end of the game. I mean, Shaq Barrett, JPP, those those guys never let up. They played the entire game, and they played it hard. Dominated. Um, also, Levante, Levante David was playing a lot of man against Kelsey. He did an unbelievable job. I felt so good for him. That dude, isn't it so crazy? Levante David and Dominican Sue were college teammates at Nebraska. Really? And then they Jesus. circle back at the end of their career, 10 years later, not the end, not the end, I'm not saying that, but uh, later, 10 years into their career, they circle back, meet up in Southern Florida. Levante David's been there the whole time through all the horror that's been down there. And uh, he comes through with a great game. Also, one thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys saw this, but specific to Levante David covering Travis Kelsey, I felt like the playing surface really benefited Tampa. Like, I know it's a home game and everything, mm. and maybe they were used to the weather, but it felt like they were used to the turf specifically there. I saw the Chiefs slip a lot more. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't really notice that, but, yeah. A couple other... I mean, it's home field advantage. Yeah, home, home field, field advantage. It comes through. A couple other quick things. Uh, you see Vita Vea at fullback. Oh, my God. He destroyed people. Yeah. How does yeah, it... but they didn't get that that uh, one yard conversion. I I initially thought they had it, but I guess they yeah. were close. How did he not get in? And if you watch that third down run, Ronald Jones had Vita Vea just liquidates the guy in front of him. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you don't just tuck up. That he's the widest guy in the NFL. Just get behind him. Yeah, 
That, but I love seeing him at fullback. Uh, the Winfield taunting. I mean, afterwards, they were like, oh, my God, can you believe he did that? That was so abhorrent. A disgusting like, act. Yeah, I'm like, Tyreek Hill does that <laughs> multiple times this season. He did it to that dude's face. This is the ultimate yeah. revenge. Yeah, literally. And you're going to get on his case? Like, Bullcrap. So of all people, it's, Tyreek uh, Hill, too. He's done a lot worse than that. It's your classic offense versus defense thing where, you know, if you touch a wide receiver, that's – defensive pass interference but wide wide receivers hands are constantly over dbs they don't get that right they don't get that call the same way um you know you chuck the deuces up when you, you do a backflip when you're jumping into the end zone you know that's fine but if so, a guy <laughs> yeah. makes a play on you and you put put the peace sign up then oh god a disgusting <laughs> yeah. act terrible you know? that's terrible it's ridiculous oh the humanity yeah uh, good old tom brady good old tom b seventh fucking super bowl Honestly, most of the country is so pissed. All every all AFC fans are like, "Oh my god!" Like, what? What's happening? I mean, who's who's left to to even detract from this guy? The guy's a machine. He's getting better with age. You know what I mean? Like crazy. He was twenty-one to twenty-nine for two two hundred yards and three touchdowns. Uh, easy, just easy. The game he felt easy to him. Look easy. You're right. I and uh, who's left? Who's still talking? Kellerman, Max Kellerman is uh, uh, Ursay. Who's no, left? To, uh, to Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy okay. still talking a little crap too. But yeah, he made Brady made this game look easy. He made it look. I mean, after the game, you're looking at him. He doesn't even look like a played a football game. He's out there. He's smiling. He's walking yeah. around. He looks like he didn't sweat at all. He's just like, yep, this is pretty good. He doesn't even care. He just goes in. He's like packing his locker. The other guys are all losing their minds, like filming him, just like packing shit into his locker, out of <laughs> his locker. Like he doesn't even care. He's done it so many times. It's just like routine for him in like easy. And from, I, from, a pa- from a Patriots fan's perspective, it makes me feel good to see him happy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, yeah. I've been he, he rooting for him for so long. He's been such a loyal servant. He doesn't owe us anything. You know, six Super Bowls here. Go do what you want, man. You want to you want to live in the sun and get drunk after a Super Bowl victory? Dude, yeah. more power to you, man. I, yeah. I couldn't be happier for the guy. And uh, he deserves all the success. He, I mean, he works harder than anyone. Everybody knows that. Like, first yeah. guy in, last guy out. I'm, I'm just really happy for him. Couldn't, yeah. Totally uh, feel the exact same way. He was already most likely the greatest player in NFL he history. Was. He was. And now it's like, ah, I mean, what are you, Not just, even close. What are you gonna do? And then I mean we, we talked beforehand, uh before the Super Bowl about the Brady versus Mahomes talk. What does Mahomes have to do to pass Brady? It's locked down. It's yeah. over. Mm-hmm. It's over. You're right. I mean And Mahomes played like pretty well. Pretty well considering what was going on. Considering but... what happened. We'll see what happens because look at the the Seahawks. We talked about this before the game. You know, the Seahawks. Russell Wilson was the up and coming guy. He was. He won a Super Bowl. He's going back again. What happens? Brady comes back, beats him. Russell Wilson hasn't been back to the Super Bowl. You know, is that a does that mean mm. Brady killed him? No, but it shows how hard it is in especially for a Chiefs team like this, where there's a bunch of dudes on that team that we have said before. You know, kind of punk attitude. Some of the guys like don't. Think they're fall for the ego when when you're at that high, like oh we're we're de- going to be defending Super Bowl champs, and then you come and get smacked in the mouth. You you don't even score a touchdown. You're the best offense in the league. Can't score a touchdown. 
you know, and the scariest part about the Bucks is they looked so fucking good that I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow ran it back. No. They looked, no, I mean, there's free agency, a lot of shit could happen, but they looked like the best team in the league in that Super Bowl. I could you see know? a couple, I see, I could you know see I mean? Godwin leaving, Levante, David leaving. They, they're talking about they want to bring Sue back, but yeah, I mean, that game wasn't close. Um, and, and as far as the Mahomes Brady thing, Mahomes would have to win six more Super Bowls, and Brady would still have the tiebreaker because Brady beat him in a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. you know, when, right. I'll tell you what, you can bring up uh, Mahomes as the GOAT when he wins eight Super Bowls. Otherwise, I don't want to hear shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. A uh, couple other quick things to pick up from the game. We we talked about some of the betting angles beforehand, and I was big on the MVP for the defensive front for the Buccaneers. Brady just, you know, nobody stood out on their defensive front uh, pressures, but it's not like he had three sacks and a strip strip sack. Right, so right. Nobody really stuck out there. It's just the, the odds on Brady weren't very good. It was like maybe yeah. you, you make your money back, and that's really it. Uh, but... The two other ones I mentioned, of course, these are the ones I didn't bet, but Gronkowski for two-plus touchdowns yeah, got it in the first half. Couldn't Money. believe that. That was a 16-to-1 bet. And then I had Tyreek Hill on the under, under 93 yards. It, the, the line actually right. went all the way up to 99 yards, but he came in in the 70s. And you just knew if they were – I just felt like the Bucks were going to win, and if they were going to win, he wasn't going to be able to go off. I thought the story that was the story of the game, really. Yeah. You know? Crazy. Keep that guy under wraps, you have a good chance. Gronk. Yeah. Fucking Gronk. You think if the Patriots still had Gronk and Brady, somehow, forget about the cap space and all that bullshit. If they had the two of them this year, you think they would have been able to make a run with the way a motivated Gronk and Brady, like they were in the for this team. I think Yeah, they, I do. I think I they, think I think they'd be screwed less on, the, on the defense. Yeah, there'd be less opt outs. That's the thing is if you're Dante Hightower and you're sitting there and it's like, who the hell is it? Jared Stidham, a quarterback? Like, no, thanks. I don't want to be there. Right. You could totally mm-hmm. make, but if you got Brady and Gronk, Gronk comes back for this season, you'd be like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm going. Right. What are we risking this for? Stidham yeah. and, and Nikhil Harry, you know, right. no offense to either of them. I think they but like if Edelman you know. came back and you had Gronk there and, Brady developed a connection with Myers because he ended up actually playing pretty well. You don't even need that part. It's just Brady, Brady the mere bird would have been healthy Edelman. The mere bird would have been better too. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. All those receivers would have been better. James White would have been more of an effective player. The whole thing. So maybe. Well, you I don't know if they would have won the Super Bowl though. The biggest biggest difference between the 2018 offense that won the Super Bowl, and the 2019 team that was completely lost on offense. The difference was Gronkowski. Yeah. I'm just wondering when we're going to fill that tight end hole, man. It's it's such a difference maker, and people bring up the wide receiver all the time, and that's true. We're not good at wide receiver either, or quarterback, but a tight end is we're really... Even bad quarterbacks like good tight, tight ends, and it's just like a security blanket. It really is. It is. Plus, they yep. affect the run game and the pass game. And right. It's we've been. It's not been bad. It's been atrocious. They've been number thirty-two in the NFL two years in a row for production at the tight end position. It's been horrific. What Can't that? emphasize yep. that enough. Um, one more thing. Or another thing about the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, not really in the as about the Super Bowl, but Tom Brady goes as a forty-three-year-old quarterback and beats. 
the three best players, or not, I don't know about Breeze being the best anymore, but definitely the two current best quarterbacks in their home, uh, well, Chiefs not in their home stadium, but Saints at home, Packers at home, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You know, what does that kind of say about the league that a 43-year-old guy that just knows defenses in the game real well can go to another team with some talent and just beat everybody? That Does that reflect badly on the current NFL or I, the rules of the NFL to show that, okay, if some guy knows how to play quarterback that good, they'll just go and win regardless of what the fuck's going on? I think it's, it, it's, it's crazy. more about Brady. Yeah. And, I mean, that Tampa Bay did have a really solid team on paper. I would say there wasn't really a great, great team this year. Even Kansas City had their problems. They yeah. had defensive holes and, you know, they're kind of – all built around the big play. I, I don't know. I just didn't think anyone was that good this year. I think it speaks volumes to that it's a team sport and that culture matters. And everything that you heard from the Buccaneers team afterwards was we were motivated by Brady. We were confident because of him. Yeah. And it's it's not like he, he went out there and LeBron James that game. But right. he lifted the entire team, and and they all said it. They all you can see endless quotes from that team being like, "We believe because we got Tom Brady, and he inspired yeah. us, and, and he sent out those right. text messages and the whole thing." I think it speaks volumes to how much the the team aspect plays into it. You you can't get a bigger confidence boost than Tom Brady coming to your team, right? right. You're I know. everyone is probably defender. freaking out. They're like, "Dude, we have Tom Brady. Anything is possible." Yeah, you know, like literally that that fucking mentality. But boy, does it make Aaron Rodgers look really fucking bad. Well, I know he was wasn't that? even in this game, but Jesus Christ, dude, you you been been there for years. It's like nice. you just got crushed. Can't win another Super Bowl. He's not gonna win one as long as Brady's now in in the league. There's no chance Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl. <laughs> totally overrated. We've been over that. He's he's overrated. But Tampa Bay, that was a was that a seven and nine team the previous year? Yeah, seven, seven and nine. Went eleven and five. Okay. Beat three teams on the road, which hasn't happened in a long time. This has been like a decade. Yeah, so just replace Jameis Winston with Tom Brady, and that's Super Bowl win, pretty much, right? Yeah, and Gronk, Gronk, much, you know? yeah, Gronk. Uh, a couple other pieces here and there. Winfield, Fournette, but Antonio Brown, not that much. Not that much. Is Tristan Wirfs. Wirfs. Wirfs a right tackle. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know they built where they needed to, but. Tom Brady. It's yeah, it's like ninety nine percent Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, ridiculous. When, really ridiculous. When this game was over, my first thought was that if they could give the MVP to a coach, that would be great because Todd Bowles' game plan was fantastic. And then my second thought was, how dumb do all these other NFL teams feel that they hired oh like these losers? They hired the Chargers hired like Brandon Staley, who's got one season as a defensive coordinator as their head coach, and Todd Bowles is sitting out there. It's like I feel like twenty teams should fire their head coach and hire this dude. And I, I mean, know it wasn't perfect yeah. with the Jets, but Belichick wasn't perfect with the Browns. And I know it's not a fair comparison, but the dude is fantastic as a defensive coordinator. Well, two things on that. I mean. How I feel like it makes every other team feel worse, like that they didn't go for Tom Brady. There's, there's a bunch of teams out there. The Chargers, it's like none of you guys looked at Tom Brady. You signed these dirtbag quarterbacks and did this stupid bullshit before you signed Tom Brady. What you, you would have won the Super yeah. Bowl, guys. You would have won. We yeah, might have too. We're the we're Patriots are have plenty to blame to go around there too. 
I would give San Diego a pass on that because I think they did well. Yeah, I thought they were. I originally thought they were the front runners to get them, but I did not see Tampa Bay coming. Um, as far as the coaching candidates, I would be upset that Todd Bowles, Byron Leftwich, and Eric Bieniemy did not even get an interview. I, I don't. Did Bieniemy get an interview? Did yeah, he end up getting one? Okay. Yeah. I'm shocked that neither of those three guys, and I know they're all African American. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But uh, I think those three guys would uh, would get a look. Hard to I heard something about there. the enemy. The reason he didn't get in was because he had, I don't know if he, he had some kind of checkered past. He's been a few run-ins with the law back in his playing days, I guess. I don't really know. I don't know much about it, but it is documented. <laughs> he just got got right into it and then, like, backpedal, backpedal. Not sure what the facts I, are. I don't, know, I don't know a ton of the facts, but I know it is documented that he has had a bunch of run-ins with the law, and there was rumors I, that that was part of it. That's why he Am I making this up, yet. or did Bruce Arians have history with the law? Am I just... I have no I idea. If he, he looks like he would have. He looks definitely right? like the... Yeah. Uh, do something. The has had an, a number of interviews over the last couple of years when he's been Andy Reid's right-hand man. Not sure why those haven't worked. Warren Sharp makes great points. I don't know if you guys know Warren Sharp. He's a great follow on Twitter. Yeah. But he's like, why are we di- why are we discriminating against coaches that are in the playoffs? He's like, just don't allow people to hire head coaches until right. the playoffs are over, or allow them to hire coaches that are on playoff teams. But you wind up in that Josh McDaniel situation where it's like, can you believe the Colts have had an open head coaching job for six weeks? Hmm. I think it's yeah. Josh McDaniels. Wink, wink. And it's yeah. just it sets your whole program back. And it gives people a benefit to being able to bring in a, co- a different head coach at the beginning of January. It's just dumb. Why do you have a different set of rules? Uh, yeah. Well, the thing about Bulls, too, I want to mention, how much of it do you think Brady, was Brady whispering in his ear, like, hey, man, we can't blizzard as much as you usually do. Just do fucking cover four, and you'll be all set. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be surprised if Brady put a little bird in his ear and was like, just fucking cover Tyreek Hill for me, and we'll win. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I he's not that. the coach. But I think all you had to do was put on the film of when those two teams played, and they tried to play man to man, one on one against Tyreek Hill, and they got torched. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, let's go. What's the opposite of that? I guess it's a lot of too deep coverage and zone coverage underneath, and that's what they went with. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Todd Bowles is a documented great defensive coach. They were no, Tampa had the he's number one defense in the league last year, which had nothing to do with Brady. Uh, and he's they got have, they head had coaching one, experience. What, what were they ranked? They were number one defense in the NFL last year. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, I don't see anything about Bruce Arians ever getting in trouble. I, I totally made that up. Move on. <laughs> Sorry. Palmer. Way to Sorry. distract. Way to distract. <laughs> yeah, the, the Biennemi thing is really weird, especially because like Andy Reid's previous guys who have held that role as offense coordinator got head coaching jobs like immediately. Doug yeah. Peterson, mm-hmm. Matt Nagy. Those guys, it took like one year, and they were head coaches. Oh, and they both suck. Yeah, Frank Reich, who was like two steps down, turns out to he, be the best coach. He was the them. only one. Yeah, he was the good one. Yeah. You think Nagy sucks? I don't like Nagy. The Bear, the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I don't know if the book's out on him. Yet. Uh, I don't want. Well, their playoff performance alone this year was just dog shit. So <laughs> the decision to to play Trubisky is. But he is played him till the end. Nagy. I don't know why he yeah. didn't put in Foles. That was the perfect moment to put Foles in for Foles to go on a run. That's what he does. It's like, yeah. put him in in the playoffs after he sucked all season. Put him in in the third quarter. He'll score you some touchdowns. 
barely win that game and go on some kind of run. We did <laughs> Philly. They needed to do. They had the chance. Yeah, yeah they didn't they make the right it. move. So now we move into the the off season, which is has been a very active off season for. We have weeks and weeks until the league year starts. I think we have like three or four weeks until the league year begins. Everybody's ready to trade their quarterback. Oh, my God. Every quarterback's unhappy. It's like Russell Wilson's unhappy now. We know Deshaun Watson allegedly requested a trade. Matt Stafford's on the move. Carson Wentz is being shopped everywhere, and no one wants him. Yeah. Good. I mean, it, it. This is crazy. This is absolute lunacy. It's it yeah. total. Jimmy NBA G could be out of San Francisco. What's his name? Uh, they're talking about Mariota moving and in, in uh, out of Oakland and starting again. There's a lot of shit going on. No one's safe. They're talking no about one moving, is safe. Yeah, they're talking about moving Odell Beckham Jr. We're talking about trading uh, Stephon Gilmore. I would do that deal straight up. Honestly, that's kind of what we need, right? A receiver. I don't think we'd get it, though. No, I don't Odell. think we would do that. I don't think Odell wants to come here without a quarterback. Well, here's the Cam. thing. we got to start somewhere. And I hear a lot of this. No one wants to come play for Bill. Well, listen, if you got a top quarterback in here, receivers oh. are going to want to come. If you oh, get that's... a top receiver in here, quarterbacks are going to want to come. And, and guess what works more than just wanting to play under Bill Belichick? Money. You know? Assets. A lot of it right now. That trumps where you want to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Nobody knows what the Patriots are going to do. Nobody has a clue. Well, they they might not either. Either they, they have tons of money. They have tons so of money. So it is. They have sixty-four. Depending on the exact figures you look at, but the the ones that I've seen, sixty-four million dollars in cap. That's going up. Currently, that's going to go up. It's going to go up because we're going to uh, cut some people. Most likely, you know, Marcus Cannon would have to rework his deal or retire. That could buy him $7 million. There's a number of other guys. Uh, Hightower counts for $12 million against the cap. We'll see where that turns out with him. Mm-hmm. But then they also have some other guys that we really need to re-sign in order to, to keep any sort of strength on this team. I mean, the entire defensive line is free agents. Lawrence Guy, Adam Butler. Uh, we got to bring yeah. some of those guys back. So they'll, they'll spend some money internally, but I've, I've worked the numbers, and it's, it's looking like you got – at least $45 million to spend on outside players. At least. Is that re-signing Andrews? That means see where this is going. re-signing Andrews, re-signing um, a lot of players, re-signed Lawrence Guy. J.C. Jackson. Re-signed J.C. Jackson. He'll be tendered, probably a first-round tender, I think. Adam yeah, I Butler, think so. James White, Jason McCourty, Justin Bethel. Tooney's gone. Nick Tooney Fold. gone under your... Uh... Tooney, I think, is probably gone. Tooney costs, he's going to cost like 14 a year. Granted, too yeah, much the market guard, for Christ's sake. You could structure the market it. value for a guard that 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 plays like that. He's a good good guard. The market value is just astronomical. Too, too high. Yeah, it's a lot. But mm-hmm. but uh, he doesn't. I mean, we we know this going into the offseason. Not that many teams have money to spend. There are more teams over the cap than under the cap. I just made that up, but it sounds plausible. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, right? Uh, yeah. So who knows how who if people are going to have sixty million dollars to throw at a, a guard over four years? But we can't franchise them, so maybe there's a short term deal there. Anyway, I think his number is going to be about ten for this year, but just based on the way they'll structure it. Uh, so he's a maybe, but I I got like forty five million for free agents, and Jimmy G is like twenty. Allen Robinson, I think you you got for twelve. 
uh, probably going to be like 16 average annual value, but maybe a 12 million cap hit the first year. Mm -hmm. I knew that was coming to Allen Robinson. Um, <laughs> Obviously. There's a this uh, Hunter Henry's available. I don't know if you'd want him. He's a little bit injury prone. Garoppolo is, is someone to me that makes a lot of sense, but I haven't heard his name mentioned that often uh, with the Patriots. He's one of these things like San Francisco has all the cards. They could re they could release him and save twenty three million dollars, or they could keep him and pay him twenty five if they think he's good. Which I think, if you think he's a top half of the league quarterback, which it seems like they do, it seems like they like him. Yeah. Um. Then twenty five is a pretty reasonable number. You think they like him? They don't love. I, feel like I do. I feel they don't like they don't him. like him. I think they like. Him. I feel I like it's the same exact situation going on over there that was happening with the Rams and McVay. Just like, oh yeah, I love him. He's great. He's great. And the first moment they got to get the fuck out of that, they did it. Well, the other thing is too. There's a lot of aging quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, team teams like Atlanta could move on or or try to find their heir apparent. Uh, you know, I want to say Carolina. Is probably oh, one of those teams where they're not totally convinced by their quarterback. Um, so I don't know what they do. That this could be draft fodder. Um, but it seems like almost no one is untouchable except for like the elite. And then even then you have Watson. So it's really interesting as far as quarterbacks go. Yeah, even R Russell Wilson's talking in the media. Aaron Rodgers is being all cryptic per usual. That grumpy little bastard. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like Tom Brady's the only one you could count on. I know what team he's going to be on next year him and Mahomes you're like I know we'll see those guys yeah. in those uniforms they're about it it's it's fun Jimmy Garoppolo Aaron. I just want to point out has a no trade mm -hmm. clause so he's gonna have a say wherever he winds up he'll probably say yes to some places but he'll say no to other places you gotta feel like Josh McDaniel's still with the Patriots that's got to be a good selling point they could yeah. release him which I don't think they would do but they could save 23 million dollars and use that money and um, put it towards like a Dak Prescott or someone who's a free agent. Um, I think that's. I don't really want Dak Prescott. I don't either. I don't want any of them. Let's draft somebody and fucking nail it out of the park, huh? Well, you're not that be nice. One of these. They're talking about Mac Jones at 15. Yuck. That's too high for him. I don't really like that. I don't like it at all. It was a second or third round. I'd be all over it. Now, Fields dropped to 15. I'd say. Do that, or if you need to move up five picks to get like someone like Fields or Wilson's not going to happen. But um, I haven't seen enough of Lance to say, but I would love to have Fields. That'd be nice if if uh, they didn't have to move up too far to get a quarterback. I feel like there's still more in the veteran market at this point, given the cap space and the the limited draft capital. But it it could go either way. You never know. There's probably going to be like mm -hmm. 20 teams with a new quarterback next year at at this rate. It's They're talking great. about five quarterbacks in the first round, uh, potentially oh. the first three in the top oh, five. God. I mean, it's like yeah. So what? Do you, the only thing I keep hearing about is how the Patriots are might sign Cam Newton again, which is oh, just God. like that's like blow my brains horrible. out. Yeah. Awful. Horrible. Uh, oh no. That was hard to watch. Can you imagine watching that for another year? I, I think that makes a lot of sense what you say, Sean, as far as like retooling, getting a, a real tight end in here, a real wide receiver, maybe a stopgap quarterback, someone like a, I don't know, Fitzpatrick, for example, just someone that doesn't absolutely, I mean, he does suck, but he doesn't suck as bad as Cam Newton. And then, you know, take your chances for next year. 
and see what you can get next year. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think I I would do that, but you got to draft like two guys and bring in undrafted. Just start picking up people and figure out who can play. Picking up quarterbacks, you mean? Yeah, picking up quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. Because just, they got they got to there's got to be something something up the pipe. But I want yeah, they need a tight end. The dude in Tennessee, what's his name? I can't remember. Johnu Smith. Uh, is that who you're talking about? Yeah, he's a free agent. Yeah, he'll be. What about Ferkser? Ferkser's a free agent too. Those guys will both be pretty cheap. I'd love mm-hmm. Janu Smith. Johnu Smith, yeah, I, was, I felt like he was not used nearly enough. He used him to block. Yeah. So it's perfect. He can block. Might be a good guy on the other. He, he could. He can catch. He looked pretty good. Run, run. Would you rather see uh, Fitzpatrick than Stidham? See what you got with Stidham? God. Like Fitzmagic? I'd rather have Fitzmagic. You don't have anything with Stidham. It's over. It's over. The kid's career's done. <laughs> I, I think I feel beat out the way. worst quarterback in the league last year. I mean, I'd take Minshew over all of them. If you want a top quarterback, maybe it's not so bad to 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 have a, a shitty year. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, another uh, year like this, Bill. People will be dude, asked, call we were not, to be fired. They do a bad year. We could have we could have done a lot worse than what we did this year. Oh, absolutely, I agree. You know, if you had a good quarterback in there, you won another two games, definitely. Yeah, I agree. I just, go, you know, you you look at, at the way this roster is constructed right now, and there's a lot of guys in that like 25 to 33 range in terms of age, where it's more win now than it is like if you look at a team like the Jaguars, where they're very young. We're not really there. But the good news is that they have a, a good amount of the pieces that could work for a young quarterback, where we have a strong offensive line, uh, an established coordinator where they, they, he's at least got an experience over the last year trying to teach the offense to other people. Good uh, running game. Good running game. Yeah, exactly. Stable of backs. You would just need to go to free agency to solidify the weapons on the outside. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not going to really matter because Easter B will probably trade us Deshaun Watson. He is. Nice. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is going on down there? J.J. Watts out the door. It's like anybody with any clout, he's just like, get out. You're gone. Get out. Yeah, me and uh, Rye were talking about this earlier. Like, this should be the biggest story in the NFL that isn't a story. It's like, it's like nobody's... It's a hostage situation, basically. Yeah, he's like, oh, you don't agree with me? You're gone. See you later. And he knows nothing about football. It's not like this it's guy's, just... like, walking in like he's the Martin Scorsese of, like, making movies for football teams. Like, he knows exactly. He comes in, he fucking... He's the, the big tuna. Parcells. He's going to turn that place around. He knows... He's a pastor who everyone has like, he knows minimal about football. And then he got himself an agent and while he was in New England and pissed everyone off. Is he and, even an ordained minister? Like, what is he? I feel like he's walked or talked his way onto like, he did some speeches for Kansas City. Then he was with the Patriots for six years and apparently they, they loved him. And then JJ says he got an agent and they were kind of weirded out and they let him go. And he... He was trying to get into personnel, yeah, for some reason, and Belichick said, "No, you fucking not getting. You're a fucking motivational speaker. You're a glorified motivational speaker, dude. Yeah, are you even an ordained minister? Because I don't, I don't think you are." Um, he goes over to fucking Houston. This is an incredible. He goes over to Houston, and somehow he talks his way up to being Bill O'Brien's right hand guy, and he can, and the owner dies, and he gives the the team to his son, and talks his way into being like. The vice president of the fucking team, and if you, he's got this sycophant thing where if you don't agree with him, if you're not loyal to him, 
He's firing you. He's firing everybody. The PR guy. PR he's lady. Doing, he's yeah. doing uh, stand-up comedy. This guy's a fucking nut job. <laughs> and he's destroying that team. And it's it's incredible to watch it's, and read about. The, that whole place is just getting driven into the ground. First, you got Bill O'Brien there. And he's got the friction with Rick Smith, who is the general manager. O'Brien wins that power struggle. Smith gets ousted. Billy O'Brien's got all the, the trade uh, power now. He sends first-round picks everywhere. Give me Laramie Tunsil. Let me way overpay for him. Then I'm going to give him a huge contract. Then I'm going to ship away our star receiver for almost nothing. And then he brings in Easterby. Easterby gives him the old Brutus treatment a la Julius Caesar, stabs him right in the back. One month into the season, Billy O is on yeah. his way out. Now Easterby's in the driver's seat. Cal McNair is just running by the seat of his pants. Like, All right, I guess do do whatever you want. I mean, it's like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, it's insane. They hired the Ravens wide receivers and passing game coordinator. Wide receivers coach. Tell me, when you think about the Ravens, do you think about wide receivers and passing game? No, so what? they hired him for what? Head coach. Head what? coach. Yeah. Like, I don't know who this guy is, really. I know he's been in the, the the game. He's been coaching for, like, 40 years. I'm sure he knows his shit. I'm sure he's fine. But you took the Ravens wide receiver coach and passing game coordinator. Uh, that's Some not really been a productive no thing for the Ravens. Yeah, they have no – that's all they do is run. They're the most run-heavy team in football. Like – Oh my God! Yeah, it's it's brutal down there. Uh, little Jack Easterby. It seems like the reason he wanted to get into the whole thing, it's basically he just found a way to like promote himself. It's like he's. It seems his progression of how he got to the Texans. It's like, what's one way that I can like have everyone look at me, all eyes be on me? It's like, well, maybe if I run a football team. And he got in, and he fucking weeded his way up, and. Talked out of his ass enough to get to the point where he's running a football team. And now he's like, he's right where he wants to be. But not for the reasons he doesn't want. I don't think winning and running a good program seem important to him. Because if it was, you wouldn't be driving your star quarterback. That's super hard to fucking come by in that league. Right out the door. This guy's got no experience in, in the things that he's doing. And he's talked his way up. It's almost like if this, this guy could start a cult. I want to talk to him because I feel like he's got to be the most. <laughs> I want to talk to person. him. Yeah, I feel like he's got to be the most persuasive person they've ever talked to to work your way up from no experience in like a matter of like six years, seven years from being at like some high school or whatever. No one really knows to being a vice president of an NFL football team. He's got he's like a cult leader. He's got the, you know? the mysterious backstory. He also yeah. just looks like a weasel. Like you just look at him, yeah. like mm, I don't, I can't be trusting you. And, oh, he's and, what a story! And then he, amazing, amazing to, to drive out JJ Watt. I don't know if JJ Watt asked to to be let go. I mean that that dude yeah. won NFL Man of the Year. He raised I, I have no idea how many millions of dollars for Houston in the aftermath of the hurricane the other year. He's the best player in franchise history, arguably. Andre Johnson, I don't know. I'd probably take J.J. Watt with three Defensive Player of the Year awards. But definitely drive him out of town. That's that's your move. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it's, it's one disaster after the next. All these trades they're making, or they've made in the last few years, where they just got absolutely robbed. Um, it's not looking good. I, 
I saw someone say on, on the comment section of his stand-up thing, I wish we could keep Watson and trade the Texans. <laughs> yeah, you right? Know? It's like, dude, if they trade the Texans, it's like, what do you have to look forward to in that franchise? No, he is the Watson, best you've yeah. ever had. Here's I just came across this, uh, something I haven't read, but kind of want to read now. Jack Easterby's Rise to Power and the Chaos That Followed by Sports Illustrated, published two months ago. Sounds like a dictator. I feel like it should be on the cover of, like, Newsweek or something like that. It's it's insane. It's like the cult leader of our time. Here you go. It's um, one NFL executive. It's still a long, long story, right? You're going. You're not going to the. This is the team chaplain. So that's like the the ordained minister for the team. I forgot what was the that was the word. You're not going to be the team chaplain. Then ten years later, you're the interim GM. That just doesn't happen in our league. Like, well, it it's did. ridiculous. It did. I mean, think about the guy they just hired for for their head coach. He's been coaching for like forty five years, and he's just getting a shot now to be a head coach by this guy. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it's a, just really suspicious. It yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a story. I'm so happy that's not our team, and the Patriots got the rid of that dude, and we get to watch from the outside looking in, being like, oh, it's it's gonna be a train wreck, absolute train wreck. Yep, it's crazy. Let him just run that thing into the ground, and uh, unfortunately, Nick Casario is is now there. Hopefully, he can I don't know take the reins himself or just ship Deshaun Watson our way, and then we can all be happy. Um, yeah, that's that's it. That was the 2020 season. It's over. We just talked about the last game. Tom Brady comes out on top again. The Chiefs and Andy Reid go back to their rightful place as lovable losers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to look forward to this offseason. We mentioned all, all the quarterbacks that could be on the move. It's going to be really eventful when these teams have to get underneath the salary cap that's at least $20 million below what they expected it would be. Uh, and then we're right into free agency and draft period, and the Patriots are going to be more active in free agency than they have been in I don't even know how long, like long at least ever. 10 years. Maybe ever. since 2001 is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh. And we know what happened that season. So we have a lot to look forward to. In the coming weeks, we'll do a deep dive here on the Patriots offseason priorities, what what could happen with the assets that they have and the cap space available. And then we'll be talking about draft picks later on pretty soon. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited for all of that. It'll be a little exciting. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you all for listening this season. And we'll be back with some more offseason content in the near future. All right. See ya. Adios.